Welcome to the Start Me Up podcast, which is part of the Demcast Network. Happy Thanksgiving Eve. I'm Kimberly Johnson in D.C. And today, Steph Walton is back. We have so much to talk about. It's amazing how much we have to talk about. In fact, today we're going to be doing and another thing, which is for patrons only after the free show. And we're going to be talking about the war on Thanksgiving. She's going to talk about her war. I'll talk about my war. Maybe we're even going to get into our war on Christmas. You don't want to miss it. It's going to be fun. Uh, Let's see what else. Oh, I'm going to be talking about my slow exit or face... Bexit. <laughs> My slow exit from Facebook. And we're really going to get into that because I am pissed. I'm so over Facebook and I can't stand Mark Zuckerberg. Unfortunately, right now, um, that is like between Twitter and Facebook, they're the social media giants. And I'm going to explain why it's going to be difficult for me to leave, but I am in the process of doing so. Um, so, of course, before we get started with the show, Start Me Up is supported by listeners. And I say this every week, but it's true. I don't have any corporate backers, as you can probably tell. And I don't use advertisers. That may change in the future, but for now, I don't use advertisers. So this show depends and survives on your support. Maybe you can be a, a patron for like a buck or two bucks. It's like taking me to Starbucks and buying me a couple of coffees a year for the work that I do. If you become a patron for $5 a month, you get access to end another thing at least two times a month. And we're doing one today. Uh, That's where whoever and I that my guest and I or my co-host and I are just going to add on to the conversation. Sometimes it gets a little loose. Sometimes it's just silly. Sometimes we cry. There's all kinds of stuff that we talk about. Um, But we're going to do one today. And I imagine I'm doing one next week because M, the feminist next door, comes back. And uh, providing her schedule permits, she is a lawyer. Every once in a while, uh, she has to cancel. So I like to say that with a grain of salt when I say she's coming on. She will be on, and hopefully it'll be next week. But, you know, we'll find out for sure. Um, Also, I remind everybody of this every week, and I have been noticing that it's working. So first of all, um, I always include the link to iTunes in the description of the Patreon show. So just find it there. You can become a subscriber. And if you would, please give me a five-star rating and a good review if you like the show. And I have seen all the the new reviews coming up. I appreciate it. Thank you so much. I need it. It's important. And so I do really, really, really appreciate it. Um, What else? What else? I think that's it for now. Um, We're going to talk to Steph, like I said. There's just There's so much to go over. It's a crazy time. Um, All right. So please enjoy my conversation with Steph Walton. Welcome, Stephalicious. Hey, welcome. Oh, my God. It's so good to be back. (laughs) Yes, it is. And and so what I'm going to do is take this really quick opportunity to just address one thing. And that is that there have been, over the course of this past year, a number of people who have requested to be on the show, which I think is great. Um, Mm -hmm. And so I've said yes to everyone. And I've noticed that there are certain shows that don't, some of those guests and not all, um, haven't done as well. And people aren't interested in them. So that's not too bag on these people who requested to be on the show. It's just about what my listeners like. And so I want to cater my show to to that specifically. So mm-hmm. like when you're on, people like it. When I have certain kinds of... I think what it boils down to is... Um, really talking to people who like to do an overview of politics as opposed to um, something that's stuck in one state. 
Um, there, there's right. definitely benefit though of talking. Like for instance, last week I spoke to this woman, Tiffany Bond, and she's running in Maine against Susan Collins. And even though that's like a, a, a state um, specific show, Susan Collins is important to all of us. And what's really great is even though this, this woman is running as an independent, what she was able to do because Maine has ranked choice voting, she was able to kick off a Republican. So she only nice. got 5% of the vote, but her presence in that race was important because it did get a Republican off the ticket. And right. so anyway, I just want to say moving forward, I'm going to be making sure that the guests that are on this show are, um, you know, hopefully, I'm, I don't know that every show is going to be great, but, you know, the goal is for every show to be great and the goal is to please the listeners. And so, yeah. um, you know, and that's not to say that I'm, I know that there might be some people that request being on the show and I might say yes. And it, there's, you know, there's always reasons. There's various reasons why I'm going to say yes to someone who I might not have sought out myself, but I'm just putting that out there. Um, okay. So that's it. And, um, and I told our listeners, because I did record, I pre-recorded the intro, as I usually do, and I told our listeners that in, an, in the End Another Thing segment, we're going to be talking about our war on Thanksgiving. So that's going to be a really important show. <laughs> I'm also going to take everybody up, to, bring everybody up to speed with what's happening with my health. So you can look forward to that. <laughs> awesome. Because we're at that stage of life. I know. <laughs> You, we can do a whole show on health, and 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 and, and I could do all the talking. <laughs> but, Welcome to the fifties, people in general. <laughs> oh my God, getting old. Um, as they say, it's not for people not in for general. Rips. Sometimes I just like I don't even know what's coming out of my mouth. I'm just so giddy, <laughs> and I have been looking forward to this oh, day me too. Me too. for a long time. I miss you. I miss. I mean, I it, we we've said this before, but I'll just say it again in case you're just catching me and Kimberly for the first time together. Like we go offline. <laughs> for hours okay like sometimes i'll just be driving i'm like i need kimberly hey can you talk now if it's available we go i pull the car over i turn the heat up like i'm ready to roll at any time with you girl and i love it i know and i've been looking forward to this too it's um and it's just been so crazy oh my god we have so much to dip into but first i need to i need to explain a couple things about Facebook because fucking Mark Zuckerberg can oh. kiss my ass. He's a fascist little fucking dickhead. And um, I was <laughs> first of all, I wrote an article the other day that was about my my you know my slow departure from Facebook. I'm moving over to it's called MeWe, and I know it's a funny name, but so was Facebook when it first came out. So everybody needs to get over that. Um, and I'm not <laughs> saying that MeWe is not necessarily going to catch on. I think it's th there's another. Um, there's another place called Liker, and I'm not sure about that now because, and I did list that in my article, but I'm not sure about it because of the terms of service. There is one part of the terms of service where Liker says they like they get to own everything that you put on their page, and that they, they can exploit it. But you know what? Anything you put on any page, uh, that's pretty much. I look at it this way: if you're going to put it on the internet, expect. Someone we all else. own each other. Yeah, it's like, it I mean, if, if you want to exploit or mock my podcast, you could do that from Facebook. You could grab it off sure. Facebook and do it. So I'm not Feel sure free. about I'm not sure about Liker yet, but I do know the terms of service is much better at MeWe. And I also know that um, 
they are a little there. I think they're hungry to, to make this the new Facebook. So uh, I think what they're going to do is as they get more uh, patrons, whatever users, they're going to be streamlining things. You know, they're definitely it's very close to Facebook. Very close. But like, for instance, when you get your alerts and you read your alerts, it's a little bit more streamlined on Facebook and easier to navigate. Um, it's not difficult to navigate on MeWe. It's just you're, you're getting used to it. And I think I think they can streamline some things. The other thing that I'm, I had noticed on MeWe is that um, you can't see how many friends someone has. And I know that that's important to a lot of people. So I don't know if they're going to change that. But anyway, I, I wrote this article about the fact that I was leaving. And then later that day, I, I posted um, a, a tweet. I took a screenshot of a tweet from, she's called The Volatile Mermaid. And it, her, uh -huh. um, her handle is, oh no, she twittent. <laughs> and so she says this. She says, Trump didn't make anyone racist. He didn't brainwash people. His own racism just ran a black light over America and revealed a bunch of hidden white scum. So I, po I posted that. And within, I think, 45 minutes, I got an alert that my um, post violated the community standards of Facebook. And then I went into my settings and I saw that it was considered hate speech. And I also, you know, learned there was an article that I wrote. I don't know. What earlier. you did was hate speech? Yes. It was what oh, well Lord well that the fact that I posted her thing that was considered hate speech. And mm -hmm. so you know, I I looked in my settings and I could see in the past I've had infractions, more hate speech. And one of the um, things that was pegged as hate speech was I, I wrote an article about how white men rape women and babies and white men in power, like judges, let the, they protect the rapists. And I wrote that lead on Facebook along with the article, and that was pegged as hate, spe hate speech. Now, meanwhile, oh, meanwhile, Holocaust deniers can go on Facebook, and Mark Zuckerberg defended them. And he said something, something along the lines, uh, let me see, I have, it, I have it written down here. He said he didn't think that they... Um, intentionally we're getting anything wrong. So he doesn't mind if Holocaust deniers are posting misinformation, disinformation on Facebook, but you can't, mm. you can't. And I found out what it is. It's white. You're not allowed to say bad things about white people, not even white rapists. Right. So. But, but guess what? Um, we've all seen stuff that's been posted about uh, racist people screaming about people of color. Of course. Or, 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 gay or transgender or that's okay you yeah. name it yeah i, I mean, mean it's just it's ridiculous and the, somebody told me and you know what i've been finding out um from a bunch of people when they've commented on facebook is that you you, you cannot use the term white trash or you'll get put in facebook jail at least you'll get a warning if you do it too many times you get um you get thrown off for i was thrown off for 24 hours but they can throw you off at any time they did it to me last year when i lost everything but I also mm -hmm. learned that in their uh, in their terms of service, they talk about if you have some kind of like violation that they said it the vi the violations usually stay up for a year. How fair! How very vague of them. And uh, <laughs> yeah, I know. So I just I'm so fucking sick and tired of this shit. I hate Mark Zuckerberg. He lets politicians lie. He he had or hosted some dinner with Trump. Fuck him. Secret, secret dinner. Yeah, yeah I, secret I, I want to be done. And I hate to say, here's the part. Here's when I hate myself. 
I want to be done, but I can't be right. done because I'm running for office. That's the thing. Do you know what I mean? Like, like I'm beholden to this. Yeah. And anyway, is that going to, is that going to, I mean, I get a lot of, I get a lot of love on no, Facebook. No, this is, this is the way, you know, some people, when I've talked about, if I post on Facebook, they're like, why are you still on Facebook? And it's like, come on with the judgy <laughs> fucking tones. Um, I'm on Facebook for a number of reasons. First of all, I don't only have a profile where I share pictures of my dog or dinner or, or cat or whatever, which I don't have a dog. But anyway, um, I, I'm an admin on several very large political pages, so I make my living off of my Patreon, whether it's right. my, my writing page or this page. And so I need the audience. I need it. And, you know, there are other people just like you who have, have their work tied up into Facebook. And it's not like you can just leave. If I only had friends and family and I was just sharing, you know, fun little things about my life, I would leave in a fucking second. But I can't. And and eventually the goal is eventually yes. And Here's my other goal with this is that even that, you know, I'm staying on Facebook for now and I don't, you know, I don't know if it's going to be a year or if it's going to be six months or whatever the time frame is that I feel like, all right, I can leave. Um, mm -hmm. I feel like as we migrate over to other sites, Mark Zuckerberg is not going to have such a monopoly. I think he'll retain that monopoly until a new Facebook, you know, model that works emerges, you know, once that happens, like, for instance, when Instagram started, everyone jumped over and it was just it, I don't know how long Insta Instagram took uh, to, you know, like take off. But once there is something that everyone really likes and feels comfortable with, and that could be MeWe, it could be that that's going to be the new kind of Facebook. It may not. But it doesn't matter to me because basically what I want to do is diversify my social media portfolio. I don't want to be dependent on only one, um, you know, social media page like I was on Facebook. And when I lost it, everything was so devastating to me. I want to be able to have a variety of pages that I can go to and post on and have a good size, you know, audience that I can share my work with. And that's the bottom line. So I'm remaining, I'm still going to be on Facebook, but I do hope that, you know, since I have in the last three days, announced that I'm leaving and I keep posting my invite to Miwi. I have over 500 friends now. And I know Look that at you. I know that that's, that's that's 200 more than when we spoke less than uh 24 hours ago. Yeah, I got a lot cuz I posted when I got out of Facebook jail. What I'm doing now is if I make a post on Facebook, <laughs> in some of them I'm in my first comment, I'm adding my Miwi invitation. And right. so um you know, and it's like, yeah, I have a lot of friends and I have, uh, well, I only have 1,200 on Facebook now. I used to have 5,000 with 16,000 followers. So I used to have a lot more. But I do have a page that has, uh, it's a Facebook page, not a profile, with my name. And that has about 35,000 people on it. So, yes, Look I do. You, I, well, it's not very much in the grand scheme. Other people have huge Facebook pages with their name on it, which people, I won't say their name because I don't necessarily think they're very great. But some, you know, although Sarah Wood, like, for instance, I like Sarah Wood. She's a co-host on this show. She's got a Facebook page, which I don't know if it's 80 or 90,000. So she's, you know, she's got a great page. But, you know, the problem is, is that you got you have these pages that have all these people on it. But Facebook suppresses the reach of like this podcast. When mm -hmm. I post this podcast, I know people aren't really going to be engaging on podcast posts. It's different than an article. But um it just doesn't even really get thrown out into the mix. 
for two reasons. Number one, because it's political, and number two, because I it's a it's like a uh, crowdfunding site where people you know pay to become patrons, and Facebook isn't getting any part of that money, so they don't. So they suppress the reach. They do it with mm-hmm. with the writing page too, but it's a little easier to break through if you have like a, a viral piece. But anyway, so so that's it. So I'm going to be including in the uh, Patreon text the link to my MeWe page if you want to friend me over there. So I'm going right to still on. be on Facebook, but I'm also going to be on MeWe, and I'd prefer to just leave Facebook one day. So there's that. Okay, now that's out of the way. Um, Rock oh, on, and you baby. know what? Karen had something to say for to or a question for us, so I'm going to read it. And she says, what's up with all the plant-based foods? Disclaimer, I don't have anything against people who want a meatless existence, but don't force your likes and dislikes on me. I'm seeing a whole lot of commercials about plant-based meals these days, and it's starting to feel like just another tool to force my right to choose. So now if I want to get a Burger King, I have to question if they're passing plant-based on me, or it's just another way to attack my trust in the products I purchase. I would like to hear how others feel about this new meatless attack on free choice. Anyone else uh, feel like we're entering into a blurred choice existence? So I'm going to assume that she's being like legit here. And all I have to say is I think that you, you can't like just, well, I'm sure people could, you always find out like you read these stories that you think you're, you think somebody's offering you like whether it's a fast food joint or a restaurant or whatever, you think you're getting one thing, but then you're getting another. Um, But frankly, I do think that they have to tell you. Well, what do you mean by that? You think you're getting, like you think you're getting um, a a burger that isn't made with uh, chemicals or byproducts or. Yeah. I mean, um, maybe there's that, you know, fries that aren't cooked in palm oil, like is, and and, but they really are. Is that what you mean? Well, yeah, there's maybe that maybe people, but there's also like, for instance, when I lived in Los Angeles, there was, they have those ratings of restaurants. Like, I I don't know if they have it all over California. Zagat. Well, uh, no, it is it is a rating from A to F to make sure it's healthy, like for health mm, standards. Mm. And so I, mem- mm-hmm. I remember uh, my mom and I used to love this restaurant. It was an Indian restaurant called Anarkali, if I'm saying it correct. But it was so incredibly good. And we were watching the news, and it was listing the restaurants that had an F, and Anarkali was one of them. And we're like, oh, my God, what the hell did we eat? <laughs> I'm sorry to laugh. <laughs> I know, but I mean. It we- had an F. We never got Fail. sick. We never got sick. But and then it and then it turned out we found out that sometimes people were buying those grades. So if they had an A grade, sometimes it was purchased because it was just a little yeah. placard that they would put in the window. Sure. And so, Crimey. you know, I mean, so my point is like some sometimes restaurants may tell you one thing, but they may be doing another. But I, I see what yeah. you're saying. I see what you're in saying. In the bigger okay. picture, though, I think like Burger King would have to tell you if their hamburger was plant based. Right. I don't, oh, I don't think yes. they could just give you a, a burger and pretend that it's meat. Oh, no, you can't do that. There, there are rules right. and regulations, right? At least there are for now. <laughs> yes. Um, um, I, to ask, it's funny that, that Karen would pose that question um, because I am, cons- I, I would love to go plant-based just mm-hmm. for health. Mm-hmm. For me, I have a, a very dear friend who's a, a fitness instructor and she was the international kung fu champion wow 10 years ago 
She runs a gym. She puts workouts together for people who have sustained injuries. She's been an ethical vegan for 21 years. She's, mm. she's just an amazing human being, but she, for ethical reasons, went to veganism and, um, you know, she lives that life. Like, she knows how to cook. They eat things that sound so amazing <laughs> to me, but it's a, that's a commitment. It is. Um, it's a commitment, but her health is off the chain. Yeah. Um, she's one of the healthiest people I've ever known. And so I'm looking at it, you know, we started off by saying, Hey, let's just devote this entire podcast to our own physical ailments. Like I want to sleep better. I want less inflammation. Yeah. I'm not going to force plant-based on anybody, but I am making every effort to seek it out wherever I go now. Yeah. And, and my husband and I are, um, our kids are just carniv carnivorous <laughs> beasts. And so we've suggested, Hey guys, let's take it. Let's go one step uh, at a time. Let's go vegetarian mm -hmm. at home. And, right. you know, if you, cause I think that sounds realistic to a yeah. family that has meat a few times a week on the dinner table, you know? Yeah. Um, but so we're, they, they, they screamed at us like, no, <laughs> I need my wings, you know? Uh, so, but we're just going to start like some of their favorite dishes are vegetarian and even vegan, like just by accident. So we're just going to start doing more of that mm -hmm. and then just not, not preparing meat in the house for ourselves. Now the yeah. Karen would probably, Karen's probably like screaming at her, <laughs> at her computer right now because we're, we're making our kids go vegetarian in the house. We're not, yeah. um, but we're just going to buy way less meat. Well, yeah. I mean, you know, I used to be a vegetarian and I eventually started eating meat again. And the only reason was because of variety. You know, it was like, I was like, I, I wanted more variety. And and yeah. part of it also was about the fact that I've always been obsessed with, you know, body image bacon? and everything. Oh. <laughs> no, body image. <laughs> although I am, I don't eat bacon though, but I'll, I do have turkey bacon. But I, um, I was eating, or I added the meat too because of my issues with wanting to be thin and it was a good way to get lean protein. You know, and, and yeah. plus now it's like I, I'm afraid to eat soy products because of the hormone issues. And I always have had issues with hormones. My sister's always on my ass. Don't eat soy. And so, you know, and I and I say, well, they eat soy in, in China and everyone's fine. And she's like, that's different. They have different kinds of I don't know what she knows. But um, I try I try to avoid soy products at this point And. I, you know, I mean, I'm still eating meat, but going back to what, what, uh, Karen said, I don't think that we're going to be forced anything at this point. I mean, you know, we could have a dictatorship next year and then I might have my, I might change my tune, but until then, I think that we'll always have our choice with food. It's just that, you know, there's going to be a lot of push because the, the one thing about these, oh, there's this, there's this. I can't remember what it's called, but it's on the five when you're when you're going from, you know, like uh, North, Northern California to Southern California. There is this cattle farm, which is referred to oh. Cowschwitz. Oh. And it's sound, it's the smell is I, I just deadly. smelled it in my mind. Yeah, it's so bad. And I feel so sorry for those poor fucking animals. And I think it would be better if we 
could do away with some of those Kauschwitz and, you know, the same kinds of um, horrible conditions that are the animals that we eat live in. It's it's horrible. And when I think about it too hard, I think I should become a vegetarian. Um, and and when, when those animals are forced, you know, it, it's like they, they're bred just to be eaten. There are so many of them and, and it does impact our air quality. And um, it's, I think if they were all just like farm raised and free roaming and everything, you know, that would be different, but they're not, they're caged and they live these awful lives and they're injected with hormones and then we eat them. So, um, fun, fun, huh? <laughs> no, well, we've, no we've, happy no, Turkey day. No. Oh my God. Right. <laughs> I, my, my, you know, I've, my husband, Zach is like just a ridiculously gifted cook and it's just something that he enjoys. Um, and, and, you know, he works at home, he works long hours, he gets up at the crack of dawn and he puts in, um, a tremendous amount of effort and love into feeding us on a daily basis. And, but he's the one who started talking about just, uh, the treatment of, chickens, for example, and it was a podcast, I think it was an Ezra Klein Vox uh, podcaster or something, where he got a lot of facts and figures about how chickens are raised Mm -hmm. and slaughtered and how their lives are before they make Mm -hmm. it to, you know, our kitchens and our dinner tables. Mm -hmm. And it's, um, it's something that I can't really shake. Yeah, I know. Um, and I, and I just don't know, like, I know I don't need it. And then I, you know, there's what, what's the, the, I don't know if it's a series or if it's a one-off, but it's called Game Changers, mm-hmm. um, which I'm desperately trying to find the time to watch that just talks about how amazing, yeah, it's called The Game Changers and it's on Netflix, the movie, um, talking about like how vegan, it being vegan doesn't mean you're a, you know, a, a wuss mm-hmm. and how, and how good it is for us physically. And so there are those benefits, right? Plant-based mm-hmm. growing. I, I got to believe that that's all really kind of good for the environment too, yeah, right. right? You're growing yeah. plants and eating them. Mm-hmm. Hello. <laughs> um, so I, this is on my mind. This is on my mind. That being said, I have leather in my home that I wear on yeah. my feet that I put <laughs> right, on my exactly. body. I mean, we and all so do. It's yeah. It, it, it's one of those things where like uh, ethically, like uh, the, the woman I was telling you about before, Michelle, who's an ethical vegan, like there's no leather anywhere in her yeah. life. Like this is, we, you know, I've seen her scoop bugs up and take big gnarly ass bugs. I do that. And, and take, yeah, yeah. So do I, 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 I put a, a big ass spider <laughs> outside the other day, you know, and I like have to tell my kids like, no, you don't smash bugs. Yeah. I'm just trying to have them be aware. Except I don't know. What does that, you know, <laughs> come on, we're going off on a thing now, I know. but I'm going to start eating vegan or vegetarian and vegan where I can. Yeah. Um, well that's, yeah. I mean, I think that's kind of the thing, but I think the bigger, starters. the bigger uh, point that she was making is she felt that she wouldn't have a choice. And so like I, she's been I, tricked into it. Right. And I, and at this point, I don't think we have to worry about that. I think at this point we're okay. Um, okay. But let's switch the subjects. Trump hasn't Certainly. been Trump hasn't been the same since Walter Reed. He looks different, doesn't he? Yeah, his coloring is different. And and then last night, well, he and then slurred. the slurring, for yeah. Christ's sake. <laughs> Stock market. <laughs> 
You heard about that? <laughs> the stock market. I mean, I mean something I is different. That 92 so, times. I know, so and did it I. it never got old. <laughs> well, you know what's funny is that it sounds... Bob's company is named Snark Rocket, and he and it, and it almost sounds no. like it sounds like he's saying Snark Rocket. <laughs> no, <laughs> but yeah, he's now. Um, I don't think we. I, I haven't talked about, or I might have talked about it, this at the intro of last week's show. But what's fascinating here <laughs> is that um, there are legitimate rumors, right now. And I'm not saying that this is legitimately going to happen. I'm saying the rumors are legitimate. They have been circulating in D.C. and conservative groups since at least last June um, mm-hmm. that he is going to resign. And one part of that rumor is that he somehow would try to get Ivanka to replace him. Now, I'm not saying that this is going to happen. I'm just saying this is what conservatives are all muttering about. You know, they're all chatting about this. And um, I'm, I'm, I can't give up my sources, but I can say that they're legitimate. And it's not just me. It's not just Bob Seska who wrote about this in Salon. Um, I know there are other people, even what's his name? Um the mooch was his scaramucci scaramucci i think he said something like that and and there have been others now what was so fascinating is that saturday when he went to walter reed unannounced and the unusual visit and all of that sherry jacobus was all over that shit and she was just she was just tweeting and tweeting and tweeting and saying this is the start of his resignation because he was saying that this uh visit was the first phase of a physical which Huh, and he had a physical in February, and and the and the explanation was that he's going to be so busy in 2020, he's getting the first phase out of the way. Yet he comes back from Walter Reed and doesn't look good. Something happened. Whether he had a mini stroke or he had, uh, I don't know, he, he whatever he dealt, whatever he had has affected him. Now, obviously, he is pressured he feels pressure the impeachment thing is driving him crazy and he's throwing rudy giuliani under the bus now um but his physical appearance has changed it, it looks sl- more sloppy and he, his words are slurred and he's clearly medicated but he's always he's always he's been slurring since day one he, he has doesn't been. do well he doesn't do well with teleprompters let me just you know because we've you know united states i mean like he's high stripes. <laughs> his 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 the the medicine that he's taking too much of is affecting his speech and has been mm-hmm. since day one. Yeah, yeah. And, but, but, I mean, the Walter Reed thing freaks me out a little bit. Like Adam Parkomenko, mm-hmm. who is just relentless I know. with the trolling. I love him. Oh my god, how much do we love him? We need him. I know. We need to. We need to connect with Adam, <laughs> and we need to talk with Adam on a podcast. <laughs> He's fantastic. Own, for just, just, just because, man. <laughs> anyway, so Adam wrote, Adam wrote, Jesus. <laughs> Adam writes the other day or last night, uh, you know, Trump was at his rally in Florida last night. And he goes, you know, they're saying I had a massive heart attack. And Adam says, so he had a heart attack? <laughs> you, right? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I don't know what the hell, but but what I do, like I was saying, Sherry Jacobus is, is under the impression that this is the beginning of his... Um, his resignation, and then people say, he's never going to resign. And what I have to say is, you know what, how do you fucking know? I don't know if he's going to resign. It seems unlikely because his ego wouldn't permit him. But I just maintain the fact that 
if he does, if if there ever is a resignation, it's not because he wants to do it. It's because Mitch McConnell makes him. Mitch McConnell <laughs> will decide this, and and the the bigger question on that is does how much does Putin control Mitch McConnell? Because if Putin controls Mitch McConnell, then Trump stays in, because that's Don't what you Putin. You think Putin wants. controls all of them? Yes, but it depends on the degree. I mean, I know that he's given Mitch McConnell money, but that's not a secret. So if he were if, you know, does Putin have compromise, I'm sure, on Mitch McConnell that he's holding over his head in case he makes Trump leave? That's a very big possibility. Um, What does he have on Lindsey Graham? Because there's something. There has to be something. The only thing I can think of is that, you know, I mean, look, there's no big secret. Everybody pretty much is in agreement that we all believe Lindsey Graham is gay. Um, I don't think it would be that it would just be stuff with a gay man. It would have to be worse. Nobody gives a shit if he's gay. No one cares. Republicans don't even care. They wouldn't care. They would still vote for him. You know, Dick Cheney's daughter is gay. I'm sure there might be some you know, really hardcore evangelicals that might not like it that he's gay, but I don't think he would lose re-election um, based on the fact that if he was outed as gay. I, so I think that there would have to be really gross information that's being held over his head, which I, I will not I think it doesn't even have to be gross. I think it's that in the South, someone like Lindsey Graham, who comes from, I mean, he was a JAG um, mm-hmm. you know, I mean, like he was in the military, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? And he's older. He looks pretty young though, but I, I mean, he's in his deep in his sixties. Am I right? I think so. Yeah. Um, I think that, I think it's bad enough that Lindsay, um, doesn't want, if he is in fact gay, which like, who cares? Right. right? Um, I think that he probably views that as that would be damaging and career ending for him. Maybe it would. Because of home. Yeah. And I think that might just be enough. And didn't they take his, didn't they crack his um, emails? I, I think so. I mean, it was that. Well, yeah, there yeah. was a hack on the yeah. RNC that we forget about. Right. Right. And, the, and they got Lindsay. Mm-hmm. And I think, you know, I think that Mitch McConnell it's pr- is probably just so f- filthy mm-hmm. um, with you know, corruption, all, all surrounding money and power that, I mean, like, I, I think that if that came to, to light, that people would be mm-hmm. absolutely flabbergasted. I think, I think Mitch McConnell's really smart yeah. and evil, yeah. which is, a, which is crazy. I think on the other hand, Devin Nunes, oh. who we know, who we've known since, yeah. since we talked to Andrew Jans a, a year and a half ago, uh, that we've known that Devin Nunes is tied up with Russia and Russian money and Ukrainian ties and whatever. Um, but he's dumb. So that's all that's coming out. Sooner. You know, you know, it's funny. Speaking of Devin Nunes, um, the hashtag is trending on Twitter. Director of butt licking. <laughs> oh, dear God. Just for him. Um, yeah, I think you're right. And I think. You know, I've been saying this and I'm just going to keep saying this. I don't I think that the media and the Democrats are not doing America justice by not emphasizing the urgent threat we're under 
by Russia. I think it's starting to happen a little bit more. Rachel Maddow certainly focuses on it, but what she does is she focuses on the individual details as they emerge. And what needs to be done is, you know, I wish that all the living presidents would come together for a conference, a press conference, and just Mm -hmm. each one of them take a bit of time to go over what Russia has done and what that means for the country. Because if planes hit buildings, we'd all say Russia's attacking us. But Russia's attacking us right now, and a lot of the people in this country don't even realize it. And then if, if you argue that, they'll say people don't care. The reason people don't care is because they don't understand. Because it's mm-hmm. not being explained by uh, fucking MSM. You know, I think that whether it's Rachel Maddow or, or, or Joy Reid or whoever, should start their show by saying it's, you know, start with the DNC hack, which started in 20, I think it was 2014. So, you know, use that as a start date. I mean, Russia's mm-hmm. been after us for m- much longer than 2014, but we'll just mm-hmm. go with that date to start with and say they attacked the DNC. And so it's been X amount of days since that happened. It's been X amount of days since Trump has been president and done nothing to stop these attacks. And here's the latest thing that's happening, whether it, you know, because it's cyber warfare. And, Mm -hmm. you know, there there was a terrifying article that just came out in the Rolling Stone that detailed how these uh, trolls, these very sophisticated trolls are not just like mega trolls with eight numbers in their handle. I mean, these are popular accounts that, push out things that Democrats will cheer for and gladly retweet. And then what they wind up doing is they bait and switch you. And then they throw out either confusing information or information that's going to disgust voters. And that's the thing that that Russia and Putin want from Americans is disgust. Because if we're disgusted, we don't act. When we're angry, we act. When we're afraid, we act. But when we're disgusted, we give up. So these oh, yeah. particular trolls um, are, are, you know, I, I'm going to give you an example of one person. in you, 20- you, you, that, I, I want to just stop for one second. Mm-hmm. That is, um, you, you nailed it. When we're disgusted, we give up. Yeah, well, that's not my, that was what no, was in the no, article. No, I know, I know, but I just, like, I think we need right. to all, like, think about that for a second. And we cannot, we can be disgusted, but right. we can't let that be the, the end of it all. Mm-hmm. Like we have to stay disgusted, pissed and active. Yeah. Right. They're, they're ha- I'm just, I'm just, because I think about that sometimes when, you know, I read things, some, um, Tara Setemeyer, uh, she's a, um, a CNN, um, analyst and she's a black woman and she posted something. She was on, on television last night. And she said, every time I go on, I get this barrage of, of hate speech from mm-hmm. Trump supporters and it, their messages sent right to her telling her to die and to kill herself and to get cancer and calling her all sorts of horrible racist names. And I, I read it. I shouldn't have. Well, no, I shouldn't have. Cause I need it to keep me angry, but I was so defeated yeah. after and disgusted and like hurt that that's a hard place to come back from. Mm-hmm. But but now I'm like rolling up my sleeves. I'm ready to like you know lose a tooth and you know take a black eye. But anyway, go ahead. Sorry, I just well, no, I, I had to. That's I had to important. Let that sit for a sec. And that what you yeah. said is important because the same thing happens to me. I mean, occasionally I get disgusted, and frankly, um, it's right now. It's not so much about politics and in, in our uh, political. Well, it, it all f- works together. But what I fear most is the internet 
because the internet is basically the perfect vessel to attack and Russia is utilizing that and our you know our media is not putting enough like I said, emphasis on the urgency of the threat. It's it's not to say that they haven't talked about it. They have. And yes, Rachel Maddow talks about it. But like I would love for Frontline um, also maybe to just do, or even Rachel Maddow, to do like an hour or two hour special starting from the DNC hack and explaining. Because we've seen Robert Mueller testify. We know that all the intelligence agencies have come to the same conclusion. Even the Senate, uh, both Republicans and Democrats, agreed in a statement that Russia attacked us. And so I don't think, you know, I mean, when I, I remember several months ago, I was at the grocery store and I asked this woman, I said, do you know, do you know that Russia is attacking the United States right now? And she gave me this like deer in the headlights stare, like what? Right. And so she just didn't even know. And, it, yeah. and, and, you know, I, I, I asked her the other day, are you watching the impeachment hearings? And she said, yes. And I, she's a young woman. So I was really glad to hear that. But I, and I know that, Every time I see her, I can't help myself. You know, I'm just like, oh, my God. Oh, and the other thing, you know what? Here's some good news. Let me just interrupt with this. That um, he, now that, we, you know, we're talking about this, like, doom situation that Ru- Russia is attacking us and what the fuck are we going to do? One really good piece of uh, information. One great thing that happened recently in the election that we just had, Virginia went blue. And they are going to ratify the Equal Rights Amendment. And, okay, it's not going to automatically go into the Constitution because this means that we have to uh, get rid of that arbitrary fucking deadline that was uh, placed on on the amendment and then expired. Um, Congress can easily just put up, you know, put in another extension or remove the deadline altogether. But in order to do that, we need a blue Congress. So that's another reason to vote. Um, Mm -hmm. But, you know... This, this whole thing of Russia attacking us, I just don't think there's enough, you know, the, the political junkies realize it, but even the political junkies don't get it. And I lived in Soviet Russia, and I'm going to repeat that I, I'm not an expert on, you know, Soviet tactics or whatever, but because I lived it and I experienced what it, you know, it's like it's living in a police state. So I felt in a way like I was living in jail. And I had privileges because I was a foreigner, but the feel, I can't describe the feel. I can only say that it was, it was cold and it was, there was a sense of, uh, I don't want to say meanness, but it was like, if you got out of line, you fucking go to Siberia and live in a cell for the rest of your life. There's this, there's this threat of violence if you're out of line. And I don't think that America's going to become Soviet no matter what happens. But this Soviet man who was in the KGB, Vladimir Putin, is fucking with the world. Right. It's not just us. It's the whole world. And, and he is diabolical. Yes. Is a, he is. And, that, and I mean, I'm not trying to be funny or anything. He is a no, scary motherfucker. And si, people si, don't, senorita. <laughs> I don't know that people fully understand that. They hear that Russia is attacking our elections and, the, and they just it rolls right off and they, they're, oh, yeah, well, that's another country that's fucking with us or whatever they think. But it's not penetrating in, in a way that it needs to penetrate. We are I mean, we are under attack. Yeah. And and tr- Trump is helping them. You know, I mean, he. Well, of course, he's because helping it benefits them. him. 
it benefits him and he doesn't want whatever information that they're holding over him to come out. Because I'm sure they have, you know, like a fucking book of crap on him. Oh, please. It's just, it's just. <laughs> Volumes. It's, yeah, like volume one, volume two. Um, okay, so bringing this over to the impeachment hearings. Um, did you watch them? Hell yes, I watched him, girl. <laughs> oh my god, fucking Sondland. He he's he's a weirdo. He needs to be out. He I don't yes. understand why he's not out now. He he threw Trump under the bus. But you know, I was just about to make this point on Twitter and I didn't, and then Elizabeth Warren made it when during the debate. But this guy paid a million dollars to be part of the government. And then what did he do? He worked with the mobsters to get this quid pro quo thing going on. And he's still there. Yeah. He's no hero. Right. I mean, I'm glad he told the truth, right. but he's no hero. <laughs> he, he is, I mean, first of all, did you see, I mean, there were so many moments of squealing delight <laughs> during that, during those hearings. Yeah. Did you see, what's his name? Sean Patrick Mulhoney, oh, the New Yorker. When love. he, when he, put a verbal bitch slap smack <laughs> down so hard. That was like, so awesome. Someone goes, I resent that. He's like, bitch, you've had, you've had three chances to get your story straight yeah. and you've changed it. Mm -hmm. So, Hey, we appreciate you coming in because we told your ass to. Yeah. And to tell it straight. Oh, that I was still so don't know. great. I, I, I still don't. There's probably so much more that he hasn't said. Right? Yeah. Oh, and I'm he's sure. And to save his ass. These fuckers, excuse my language. <laughs> like, I am so sick of, this is not a joke. Yeah. This is a, this is a country that was built on, you know, truth and honesty and checks and balances. And it's all being thrown mm -hmm. out. All yeah. of it. All for power and for money. And and we know who has all of that. Mm -hmm. And I'm so tired of it. Yeah. And I didn't want to go off on my hierarchy of race <laughs> thing. And I'm not going to. But I am so damn sick but it's and there. tired of white men with money and privilege telling us how it's going to be done mm -hmm. and changing the rules to suit them yeah. at the expense of everyone else. Mm -hmm. Well, don't say that on Facebook. I'm gonna say you'll, it you'll right go, now. You'll go to jail. Um, I say it all the time. Yeah. No, I've said but white not privilege. As, not as hardcore as you. <laughs> I know. I know. I have. I have a, a way with words. Um, I love it. I giggle sometimes so hard. Like, well, I'm it's like, funny because yes, I was. I was you looking. Are my girl. I was looking at my settings when I was figuring out that I was flagged for hate speech, and one of them was that said, you know, I. The lead to my article was white men rape women and babies, and white judges protect the rapist and bob said that's so you <laughs> it's like so the way you would that's, say <laughs> well you know what you got to speak the truth yeah you know what i'm saying i mean that that's happening i know and it's and just horrible you know and, and the thing is is i post about rape a lot when men get away with it i i often post that on twitter and everybody's so outraged each time and and it's like you know i mean i'm outraged too but i i collected you know, a, a number of, of these instances. And it's just, it happens all the time. This is not something that's rare. It happens constantly. And, you know, I mean, we have to fucking change that. Um, but back to impeachment, 
I'm a little upset because the needle hasn't moved too far when it comes right. to, you know, we, we should be at like, what, 85% now, but it isn't. But I will say this, 60% of women are in favor of it, while only 34% per- were against it. Contrast, 40% of men support it and 53% of men oppose it. What the fuck is yeah. up with that? Well, we already just said. But, you know, I mean, it's like, is it white men specifically or is it just all men? And why? Why is it okay for the president to fucking commit crimes while in office? Why? This this makes me so angry. I just, I'm so angry. How is this even possible? It just shows that we are, I think, very much... uh, being screwed yeah and and we're being manipulated by the internet i I think that's really what it boils down to is mis disinformation that's spreading around and it makes and it's that whole thing of just being disgusted just sick of everything and you know i mean that that happened to my dad a couple of weeks ago he was he was so upset and he was so disgusted and i was like dad you need i said be disgusted for a few minutes go take a walk and everything and then refresh because uh, you know until November 3rd, 2020, we still have hope. Hopefully we'll change things and hopefully we'll, you know, be able to get that blue Congress and a, and a, whoever the nominee is will become the democratic nominee will become president. Um, Oh, but speaking of that, did you read that fucking political article the other day about Obama? No. Oh my God. Okay. Uh Oh, not Uh making me feel good, but, um, so he's not so keen on Biden, which really doesn't surprise me. Um, he, he made a, he, it's, he loves Biden personally, but I don't think that he feels confident with Biden and he made a comment and I, I don't have it in front of me, but it was something like, you know, he had a real connection with people in Iowa back when he, in 2008, but Joe doesn't have that. And he's right. You know I mean? He's right. He does. The one thing that Joe has going for him, um, is his confidence and his support within the black community. And, and that's big. Um, and then I think he's got that a name recognition B he's got the Obama connection that helps him along and it's still helping him along because yesterday a poll Rasmussen Rasmussen poll. No, mm-hmm. I'm sorry. Qu- Quinnipiac, Quinnipiac. Quinnipiac poll came out. Or however however yeah. you say it. And, 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 uh, Elizabeth Warren dropped 15 points in a month. I think that at this point it doesn't matter. I mean, I'd rather not see her drop, but I think we're still so early on that everybody's, you know, what's her name? Um, Zerlina Maxwell last night addressed that. And she said, I, I think it doesn't matter. She goes, everything's going to be up and down, up and down, up and down. And, right. and I think she's right. So, um, but anyway, so also Obama um, wasn't too keen on Buttigieg, didn't go into much detail. He did think that if Warren ran against him in 2016, that wouldn't, he, he wasn't into that because he felt that it would be a repudiation on his uh, legacy. But here's the big one. He said that if, and, and this is from a staffer who said they, I can't confirm this, but that a staffer told somebody from Politico, Ryan Lizza, I think his name is. Oh, yeah. That Obama had said if Bernie were to become the front runner or if he looked like he was going to win the nomination, Obama would have stepped in to stop that from happening. Now, if Bernie? Yes. Now, what I took from that is 
some people might think, oh, he's a centrist and he doesn't like Bernie's progressive agenda. I don't think that's what it is. I think it's he knows something about Bernie and I think it's connected to Russia. And the reason I say that is because, you know, um, he Bernie had hired Tad Devine, who worked very closely in Ukraine with Paul Manafort. And yes, um, yes. and then there was the whole thing where, you know, Bernie has has always either voted against sanctions or not shown up for the vote um, on Russia. And he has also, you know, kind of downplayed the importance of the of the Russian attack and blamed Hillary Clinton for not saying enough during the 2016 election when she was the only one telling us. Now, if you're a Bernie supporter out there, please don't get mad at me. I'm just you know, I was a huge Bernie supporter in 2016 and he turned me off because of the things I just listed just because I thought, you know, and I also think at this point, you know, he is an independent, which a, I don't, I don't think matters because if you, you know, if you're an independent with a pure heart and a great idea and, and a way to execute those plans, then mm-hmm. that's fine. But, mm-hmm. and he does caucus with the Democrats for the most part, you know, there are a few times where he didn't, um, but, but mostly he does. And, and I, I still love Bernie's vision for this country. I always have. That's why I liked him in the first place. But now I'm starting to, I don't trust him. I just, I don't trust him. And I'm not sure uh, how far it goes. But I, but I just feel like if Obama is going to, would have gone so far to step in to stop him from being the nominee, I don't think it's about ego. I don't think it's about centrist versus progressive. I think he knows something. And that makes me worried. You know, I, I just I just feel like, wow, I mean, that's a big fucking strong thing to say that, you know, again, it's you know, he didn't like uh, Warren's progressive, you know, vision because he felt that it would be a repudi- repudiation on his legacy as president. That's different than I'm going to try to stop this person from becoming president. He would have just been yeah. pissed and, and felt insulted. So I think this goes way beyond, you know, what his ego thinks, you know, and, and I know that people who are hardcore Bernie fans just will hate him for that. And they may hate me for this. I'm just saying, I don't know. I, I it sounds, you know, what else am I supposed to take from that? And, and, and that said, if Bernie is the nominee, of course, I'm going to vote for him. He's 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 not Trump. That's for sure. But it's just I right. just don't exactly understand why he doesn't feel, you know, when people say. People don't care. Like I said earlier, when people say they don't care about the Russia thing, it's because they don't understand what's happening. And I don't like that Bernie downplays it because I wish all of the candidates and I'm blaming all of the candidates for not talking about it more. The only person who even talks about it is fucking Kamala. Maybe a little bit Joe Biden. He does it, too. But Kamala has brought it up. But none of them, none of them have explained the urgency. And I wish that they would. But that fucking article, it's like, oh, my God. So, uh, you know, I don't know who's going to be the nominee. And then there's Pete Buttigieg. So did you see the article yesterday? Mm, I read the first (laughs) article by Michael. Is it Harriet? I think so, yeah. Who writes for The Root? Yes. Um, I read the first one, which which was entitled Pete Buttigieg is a Lying Motherfucker. Yes. Um, And then I read the the. The reboot, no, the response to <laughs> right. his phone call from Pete Buttigieg. Right. So Obama um, wasn't in love with Buttigieg. He didn't say why. But what it, what do you make of that whole, you know, that the first and second article? Well, I thought, you know, I think Pete Buttigieg is now open to being educated. Either that, or he's just a guy who needed to respond to being called a lying motherfucker. <laughs> yeah. um, 
you know, I, I, we can't, I just, I, I, Michael Harriet now is one of, he's going to be somebody that I pay attention to all yeah, the time me too. because he's, he's so dead on and I'm not, you know, I, I don't know. Um, I can't claim to understand what it's like, uh, being a black kid growing up mm -hmm. in the United States, uh, in low income, uh, neighborhoods where you are, you know, he said he was lumped in with the smart kids, which were all white kids. Mm -hmm. Um, but they were just average kids and all the, you know, the not smart kids were the black kids. Right. Yes. Um, I went to a school that was, um, when my dad was in grad school and we were in Stanford, there were kids whose parents were, you know, professors. And then there were kids who, whose parents were students, me. And then there were kids who came over from East Palo Alto who were, largely kids of color and I watched them get treated differently yeah. to the point where it, it fucked me up. Yeah. Um, and where I said something to my dad who then got on his 10 speed bike quicker than I could say, no dad, don't. <laughs> and he ran, he went to school and had a word with the principal Wow. over, over racism in the classroom witnessed by his eight year old kid, you know? So it's, it's been alive and well forever mm -hmm. as we know. Um, I think it's great that he's shining a light on it. I think it's great that he, uh, it has, you know, didn't, didn't trash Buttigieg, just kind of reported it as fact. Like, mm -hmm. here's what happened. Here's what we talked about. Let's keep the conversation going. Mm -hmm. It's the yeah. only way it's going to, it's the only way we're going to have change. And people at the top need to, to talk to Michael Harriet. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I absolutely. You know, like we need a secretary of education who's going to sit down with Michael Harriet yeah. and people like him mm -hmm. who can shine a light on this. I mean, I volunteer in a Title I school in Oakland, which is, you know, on some of the primest real estate in in Oakland on Piedmont Avenue. If you if you've ever been here, if you've ever heard of Fenton's Ice Creamery, um, it's it's a block away. It's famous. Um, it's in some of the it's in one of the nicest neighborhoods in Oakland. And yet people in the neighborhood don't send their children there and it is a segregated school hmm. and children are going hungry there and parents are working two wow. and three jobs with no health insurance and zero bandwidth, right, to stay on top. They're just, they, they're happy that they have somewhere safe to send their children and these kids, the resources that this school have, has are, are, are nil. It's bottom of the barrel. Yeah. I mean, you know, I, I'm trying to do what I can to bring basic needs resources to the school mm -hmm. through, you know, other, other schools where, you know, parents with means, um, throw down so that, uh, families that don't have can, can have just, I mean, I'm talking the very basics yeah. and that's not even tapping into the learning. Mm -hmm. Right. Right. And, and anyway, um, it's, it's a messed up situation and here we are right now with Betsy DeVos I know heading up the effort for education in this country that's a crime well I, it's I criminal I uh yeah I read that first article Pete Buttigieg's the lying MF and I was like wow and then of course the second one where Pete called was funny because you know uh Harriet wrote about it in that you know okay well the campaign contacted me and the phone rang and I figured it would be some you know staffer or something and then he hears Pete Buttigieg say 
well, I don't think I've ever been called a lying motherfucker before. <laughs> I could just like hear him saying that. Right. Um, first thing. You know, I mean, I'm not a black person and I'm not a person of color. So the way that I feel about this is I need to kind of step back. And this is this is the time for for black people and people of color to be heard. They, they have been discriminated against and oppressed. And as a woman, I've experienced a certain amount of discrimination, but I'm white. And so I have that extra privilege. I don't know what it's like to walk around as a black woman in America. And what I understand is black women have it the hardest because they are discriminated against the most. Um, you are among the a group of women who are discriminated against um, the most. You're a Latina. So women have it harder than the men, but people of color in general have, and, and then especially black people because black people were fucking slaves and granted nobody alive today was a slave, but it, it, it's all the hangover or whatever you want to call it. The, the um, not hangover, but like the, it, it, it's still there, you know, not, not, slavery but not the kind of slavery that we had back in the 1800s but there's the institutionalized systematic racism that is alive and well in this country and so as a white person all I can do is say it is time for white people to listen to what people of color have to say and with an open heart and and to not argue with them and say but 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 it's not up to us I I you know I mean I was reading some reactions from black people on Twitter about P Pete's call and his effort. And they basically don't want to have anything to do with it. Uh, the only thing that I'm going to say about that that's a little different is that I'm glad, like you said, I'm glad these uncomfortable conversations are being had. They are necessary um, because the only way white people are ever going to understand is if we do listen and we do, uh, you know, <laughs> I saw some reaction that they didn't think Pete was really listening, that he was, it was basically like an opportunity to show that he cares. But Harriet wrote that he listened. Harriet said it. So, okay, so he listened. I don't know if, if Buttigieg is going to take the information that he learned and apply it. I don't know what he's going to do with what he listened to, but it's the first step I think in, that in is. you know, yeah. changing and it's, it's going to, it's, uh, it's ridiculous that it's even still an issue. How is this an issue? How can there be racism? How can there be sexism? But it's still there because the patriarchy is strong and loves white men. So, um, but you know, I mean, I, I look at this as a positive and I also think it's very important because Pete's numbers have surged in Iowa and New Hampshire. Now it concerns me, what if he were the one to win the nomination and he doesn't have the support of the black community? That scares the shit out of me. Mm -hmm. You know, mm -hmm. he can't win. He right. needs to, he needs to have that Obama coalition. And, and yeah. I don't know if he's going to be able to get it with, with Obama who's saying that, yeah, saying that he doesn't even, you know, I can't remember what the word was, but he was skeptical of Pete. And so Can we um, also talk about, um, how Julian Castro has yes. been uh, just saying this from the beginning. Yeah. Let's also not forget about the Latino community. Let's not, you know, I, when I went door to door for Hillary, um, when she was seeking the nomination, 
I was in San Francisco and I went into the Tenderloin where, uh-huh. you know, like people were living in small little, um, I guess like, I don't know what you would call them if they were, uh, you know, you'd had like a little microwave and, mm-hmm. um, a bathroom and, but it was a teeny, teeny little studio. And these were, mm-hmm. you know, uh, there was, it, it wasn't, um, it wasn't a great place to live, but these people were engaged and they were interested in politics. Mm-hmm. We knocked on a bunch of doors and, and had really great conversations with people, um, you know, both Hillary and Bernie supporters, but we went into, um, uh, retirement home, uh, like a, you know, a, a retirement living center where there mm-hmm. were, you know, lots of, um, I don't know what you call it, a retirement community, but like a high rise in, in the Tenderloin. And it, they were Asian. We went to a few of them and those people were engaged. Why are we not paying more attention? Mm-hmm. We, I mean, like the country, mm-hmm. like people of color make up such yeah. a huge portion of the electorate. And I want, everybody to have a voice. Mm -hmm. I want everybody to tap into, you know, you don't have to be Asian. You don't have to be Latino. You don't have to be black to be able to speak to those, Mm -hmm. those groups of people. And they're all important. And I think so often overlooked. Oh, often because there's a patriarchal stronghold, which says white men should be the, the leaders and that's it. So, you know, everybody else, mm, and then, you know, and, and, it, and it runs our media. Patriarchy runs our media. That's why, you know, like talking about Julian Castro, also Cory Booker, Pete Buttigieg, which it's great that the guy has is, is a Rhodes Scholar. That's fantastic. But so is Cory Booker. MSM mm-hmm. is not reporting on the fact that Cory Booker is a Rhodes Scholar, but they talk about the fact that Pete is. And so this is nothing against Pete. It's just that he's being treated differently. Just like women candidates are called angry and unlikable and unelectable. It's like, let's let's put the white candidates on a pedestal and the rest, um, mm, you know, or I should say white male. And the thing, it's driving me crazy about Kamala. I, I am I am torn between Warren and Kamala. Really torn. Mm. I like both. I think they both have their unique and individual strengths. If we could combine them, that would be great, but we can't. So I think though with Kamala, you know, for, okay, I'll give you an example. It was a couple of weeks ago where uh, it was announced that Elizabeth Warren got the, um, because she's been struggling with the black community. So it was announced that she got the support of a group of 100, I don't know, it was like 100 influential black women or whoever it was, but it was 100 black women. And everyone was talking about it and it was trending. Well, the day before that, Kamala got the support of another group and it has to do, I I don't know the name of the groups, but uh, Kamala's group was something about black women voters that had thousands of members in it. Nobody talked about that. Mm-mm. So, you know, they're saying she's being whitewashed. She's being ignored. And she is. Just like Julian Castro and Cory Booker, they are not getting the same. And, and, and yes, I know Warren's numbers went up. And so more report on her. But Kamala's a black woman. So it's everything, you know, I mean, for Warren, it's more difficult to be a, a white man. For Kamala, it's more difficult to get higher numbers than a white woman and man. So she's like, she's at the, she's got the hardest job. 
And and so her numbers are going to be lower just because the media doesn't give her as much attention. Um, and it's just a number of factors. But it's like when I think in terms of who would kick fucking Trump's ass in a um, general, mm-hmm. especially in the debates, the out of all of them, it's Kamala. Kamala. She's the one. I mean, I don't think Trump would debate her. I don't think he's going to debate anybody. But I think that he would fear her the most in a debate. I would. <laughs> you know, yeah. She, I've seen she'll her. Do, I've seen her in action, man. She is hardcore. You do not want to mess with her. She is hardcore. She's a and, prosecutor. Um, pardon? She's a prosecutor. Yeah. And 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 he's got a long rap sheet. Yeah. And, okay. and you know, this okay. Greg Oliar was on this show and he did a thread because he's he pushes Kamala and he had said something like, you know, her everybody calls her a cop. He's like, Great. He's a Trump is a robber. I want a cop. that's pretty much fucking it um all right we should be wrapping up and jumping over to end another thing but before we go why don't you tell people because you're running for city council in oakland yes i am uh, (laughs) and so there was some people were asking me if you won uh that last election and so i i was i let everyone know you're running in 2020 so why don't you tell people where to find you and um that you you know where to donate because you need some help i do and i appreciate that very much so steph it's at steph for oakland.com if you want to check out my website it's at Steph for Oakland on Twitter. And I want more followers. I need more followers to spread the love. (laughs) Um, And I love my town. And that's why I'm doing this because my town needs some love. And I also think that change happens at at the local level. I really, truly do. And, um, and I think if, if I could get your support and make it to city hall, I have so many great ideas. I have so much unbridled energy (laughs) and the ability to make an issue my own to to bring people together and to solve them and that's what i'm doing that's what i'm doing already just as a citizen um so steph for oakland.com and then it's f-o-r oakland on twitter yeah f-o-r not the number f-o-r all right. Well, I'm gonna put yeah. I'm gonna put all your links into the Patreon text. So be sure to follow her there and to donate to her campaign. And thank you to everyone who's already donated. Um, yes. Thank you so much. I've raised I've raised, raised forty five thousand bucks. Look at you! Look at you! That's by, awesome. On, all by myself. But now, now I got a team. I just, I just assembled a team. Like it's, we're about to go to the next level. It's, it's pretty incredible. The experience has been absolutely incredible. Um, what I'm learning is just, in my mind is just full. I take copious notes. I'm meeting with people constantly day in and day out. And I love it. (laughs) Well, um, that that's, I'm so glad and I'm not surprised at all. And I, you know, you're, you're freaking awesome. And so, Oh, I hope you win. Anyway, so (laughs) follow me on Twitter at author Kimberly, K-I-M-B-E-R-L-E-Y. You can also visit my Amazon page, Kimberly A. Johnson. Um, And don't forget, happy Thanksgiving, everybody. And we love your comments. Tell us what you think. If you disagree, if if you hate me for Bernie, don't leave. Just tell me. And, um, you know, I'm still going to vote for him. So you can't hate me that much. (laughs) We we talked about, I'm, I'm going to, I'm going to play a flute and skip to the poll to the voting booth exactly whoever whoever because you know what right now yeah the viables in my opinion right now are four it's biden Buttigieg, warren and bernie so anyone you know and and i hope kamala 
can pull it up. Kamala's gonna surprise I, I really would love people. to see her. I would be happy to vote for her. And I swear, mm. I'm like, it's it's 50-50 with Elizabeth now. I'm 50-50 I'm with Elizabeth and Kamala. I, I can't decide. Either one I would love. I'm going to vote blue in the presidential election, so don't hate me. Leave us your comments. We love you. Happy Thanksgiving. <laughs> love you, love you, love you, love you, love you. And then we will see you next time. And for all those who are uh, $5 subscribers, we're going to go over to end another thing right now. See you guys later. Peace.